0: doesn't really, it doesn't really upset me that much. I don't care. (laughs) Jay, which kind of body are you trapped in?
1: Um, you know what?
2: It's the number, number one podcast, number one
1: podcast on Rick Anyway, as I was saying, we're partway through episode seventy-two. We have Sean. Sean, is it Buell, uh, or Buell. is that Buell, like Buell so yes. with the when you're when you're in Louisiana, yes. does it do you lose a syllable, does it just... or <laughs> if you the, went to the... Massachusetts, would you gain a syllable?
2: I'm not sure how that works exactly. What I ba- mainly get is the same thing that I get everywhere: is that nobody knows actually how to pronounce my name. And, and that so that's it, look. I, I don't dispute that, but you know that's confirmation <laughs> bias on my part.
0: I mean, I looked at it and thought I knew how to pronounce it, and then you said it, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I would have said. Buell doesn't seem that weird. And, Buell, yeah.
2: Buell, and and, and the saying. way that that works is you know you, you have Buells up in your part of the world up there. Nope. They're, they're all over the place. Never no, seen them. I'm sure Never that's heard true. But you're in, you're in Bozeman, Terry. Yep. Yeah, my parents are I mean, literally about a hundred miles away from you.
0: Interesting. Yep, never heard the last name before. It just doesn't look that hard to pronounce to me.
2: I've heard Bueller.
0: Bueller. Yep, we got them. And,
2: and there you go. Yeah, I've never heard that one before. That's a new one. Bueller. Bueller. No, I'm just I'm kidding. Oh,
1: I was gonna say, um, there are some of those around. Definitely. Uh, there's
2: there's more than a few of them, and I. Believe me, I've heard that joke everywhere I've gone for
1: thirty years. Oh, the the, the Ben Stein thing?
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's that, that's the curse of my family name now. Yeah, is to be that close is a
1: bummer. That is a bummer. Um <laughs> I Terry Terry's name, I, I can't do it now because I'm on a microphone, but uh Terry's grandma is named Pat Snap. And my wife loves that because those are both things that you can do with one hand, so she'll just pat her thigh and then snap. <laughs> and I think, and I think that's kind of funny. So Terry, you never get that. Uh, maybe that's just too lame for people to just call you Terry. I think
0: Heather's just that original.
1: <laughs> I got. I'm coaching a, a a t-ball team this year, and and I, oh, this Lord. is. Uh, well, I coached. I coached Finley's. Uh, uh, baseball team last year and it was a lot of fun but the the t-ball team for kieran um i got the roster and i i had to get a, about halfway down the roster before i figured out which side was the first names and which side was last names that's where we are right now with names i don't you you know do you guys understand what i'm talking about where you get like the le- is it a first name or is it a last name is it an inanimate yeah, object? there's a lot what of is like, it?
0: Grayson? there's a lot of jackson yeah jackson yep
1: right right harrison yep yeah and if your last name's yeah, harrison they're... harrison
2: all right yeah there are the the people who have two first names in their whole name you know it's like uh David McDavid is literally the name of the <laughs> Zachary City Sheriff here in, in Zachary. Is David and, McDavid? Uh, I love David Dave McDavid. McDavid. Actually, they putting they a really mic in front themselves of themselves, come up with his name. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, no. We and I also get I also in it at work. I had <laughs> this actually happened a, a couple weeks ago, where um, the the girl, the kid that I represented um i don't remember her na- I'm, i don't remember which kid it was what the name was but there was like a there was like another vowel in the name somewhere and uh and the mom so the so the girl is sitting at the bench and i'm sitting with her and the mom is sitting there with her lawyer and the judge s- pronounces it phonetically as it, and then he looks at her and he said is that is that right and she says no, no, it's it's the normal way. It'd be like as if I, it's like if your name was Terry and there was an O in your name some some random place yeah. and uh, and he's and you'd be like and she said like, No, it's just Terry. Um there's just an extra vowel. There's like in
0: there. Zs and Y's and H's yeah. in there. It's like isn't is Terry?
1: And the mom looks up at the judge and she's just like I was so out of it when I named her. <laughs> <laughs> That's true you could be pretty drugged up huh uh yeah not because of the pregnancy it was pretty funny <clears throat> i uh they're honest sometimes about that but we get some funky names all right politics hey sean Ooh, do we have Rank to? punditry time <clears throat> you uh last podcast we did and we're doing it we're still doing it um we're trying to go we're shooting for 30 minutes of of just absolute, absolute nonsense followed by, (coughs) um, followed by basic politics. So, um, last week we, (laughs) we actually were able to solicit some questions and we, and we got some, uh, we spent some time discussing answers to those questions. And, and I was talking to you about it and you mentioned that there were some of the things that we talked about last week that you wanted to weigh in on. Now, I'm that's, totally putting right. you on the spot because I don't remember what those things were, and i and uh, what was it that um, what was it that we were talking about that you wanted to weigh in on because we can revisit it?
2: Well, uh, it just so happens that I kind of scratched down some notes here, fortunately <laughs> so and one uh, of us so did, I don't want good. this to <laughs> i don't I don't want to be too canned in this, but uh, when you had Tom on and you guys were talking about some of the questions that were asked. Um, I I liked Tom's answers. I thought that they were great. Um, But what I what I kind of wanted to get was like one level deeper, uh, because I think part of the problem with the misunderstanding between left and right, which is what all of this is really about, is that there's a fundamental misunderstanding, particularly on the left about what conservatism is and what the natural consequences of that worldview are. So at the lowest level. I think conservatism is the recognition that human nature is constrained and also basically not changeable. It's immutable at least in the short term. And so what are the what are the consequences of that, I guess? Um, well, before you, you do that, that
1: before you do that, um, when you talk about constrained reality, <clears throat> sure you're 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 not you're not directly quoting thomas soul but that might be the the easiest um example of someone who talks about that a lot but if sure. you walk if so... you walk into your local denny's and you start talking to the guy at the chair next to you about a constrained vision or whatever um mm-hmm. how how would you define that
2: so and what we're talking about and without breaking the fourth wall or anything for anybody who's listening is Uh, You need to read, you know, I don't want to assign everybody a big reading project, but Thomas Sowell's, I think, probably the most important piece of political philosophy that a person trying to understand these disagreements could read is called A Conflict of Visions. And what Dr. Sowell talks about is that there are essentially two visions in the world, the constrained and the unconstrained. And the constrained vision holds what I just said, that human nature is is kind of what it is we we tend to have certain habits of mind we tend to prefer our uh when given choices between benefiting ourselves and our family or random strangers we're always going to err on the side of benefiting ourselves and our families rather than strangers and the opposite is kind of true for the unconstrained vision which holds that you can mold or change human nature given uh changes in law or uh articulated rationality that you can just argue people into thinking that they're going to act in a certain way that is how you want them to act whereas the constrained vision says no you can't do that you need to craft policy in such a way that is going to be consonant with how people want to live their lives and how they want to benefit themselves and their families And so so when you try to when you try to when you try to go against that it causes really serious problems basically
0: policy based on realistic results rather than policy based on idealistic like hopes
1: well more Um, more more policy that policy that takes into account the way people are going to behave versus policy that tries to change the way they're going to behave right so so you already know that X Y and Z is going to happen
2: Mm-hmm.
1: um and you need to work with that rather than Correct. saying rather than saying we're going to enact policy that prevents x y and z from happening so it's almost like mitigating human nature rather than changing human nature
2: right it that there is a, a tragic aspect to human life this is this is part again of the the constrained vision that human beings being what they are we are all you know there are certain things we know about human beings we are we are doomed to die we are mortal creatures, we are, uh, all of these things. So there's a tragic aspect to life that can't be overcome by simple idealism. And um, so one of the things that has to be assessed is what the trade offs are, that there are no solely good or bad consequences that fall out of any given policy. So you can say, well, I want to provide welfare for poor people, people who are destitute, people who are ill and incapable of working well the problem is that no matter how good that goal is in the abstract you're not assessing when you think about implementing that policy what the potential downsides are which is that you attract people or give them non-work alternatives and all of a sudden you have a, a social problem on your hands where now people aren't working and they seek to gain that system rather than acting in the fashion which they would otherwise do, which is they would have to be productive in order to um, in order to justify their existence now. So, so go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Oh, okay. So the um, now I'm going to stop you for a second and interject something else I want you kind of relate to. Sure. Um, because it made me think of this. Um, I'm having a conversation with a buddy of mine a, a couple of days ago, and, and, and we were talking about um, – <laughs> Frustration with arguments that you're having with someone else. So I, I, I was telling him that I was frustrated. I, I had um, some liberal friends and I was t- trying to discuss with them about certain things. And, and I would get to the point of basically it just ending up being a disagreement over facts. So uh, someone would say, oh, well, it, it's a sh- um, it, it is... And my, my example for that is taxes. Some Someone said to me one time, um, kind of from a left-wing perspective, said... Well, the whole thing about about taxes is complete is just the problem with it is that it's just false. Um, you say that cutting taxes is good for the economy and that higher taxes are bad for the economy. Well, if that was true, then we'd have the most thriving economy we've ever had. And this was during the Obama administration, um, kind of early in the Obama administration too. And and he said because we've got the lowest taxes we've ever had and our economy still isn't thriving. And, and I, and not playing out the rest of that conversation, I didn't really have anything to say back to him cause it, just cause of the circumstance. But what's interesting to me about that is what you're doing there is you're saying, okay, well that might be true all else being equal. Right? So, but I'm never, but my argument has never been that the economy rests solely on whether you have high taxes or low taxes. Therefore, your observations about the economy um, right now uh, in conjunction with your observations about the taxes may not actually say anything about that underlying theory, right? Um,
2: Um, What what you're missing –
1: what, well, I mean, it does, It does, but it doesn't disprove what I'm saying. The fact that the economy is not thriving when taxes are low does not disprove that theory. Because let's say that I also told you, and, and if I was responding to that question from a friend, I would say, okay, but I've also said that having increased regulation harms the economy. And having, you know, and I could rattle off five or six more things. And I'd say we're in a complex system where, um, <laughs> where right now we have, let's say we have, regulation is through the roof and government picking winners and losers and all this kind of stuff. I'm trying to put myself back in that time period. Um, and and maybe we do have lower taxes and we're not seeing that result from the lower taxes because it's offset by all these other factors that are going on. Um, so right. I, I say it's and, kind and of an overly simplistic view to say that X is going to yield Y outcome when what you have to do is understand that you're dealing in a complex situation and it's not just X, you've got all these very different things. And so you do come up with basic rules that say, in general, lower taxes are better, but it has to be, your argument has to be a little bit different than if you lower taxes, you're going to see a boom. So fit that in with kind of what you were saying about um, just a second ago. And I know that it may not relate perfectly, but that's what it made me think of.
2: Oh, well, I think it actually it relates perfectly in the sense that one of the one of the insights of the constrained vision is that people respond to incentives. And so what you were discussing with your friend in regards to tax policy, there's an element of truth to what they were saying about the tax rates. but the the response to that, in my opinion, is that people respond to the incentive. That is hidden from them that doesn't appear in the form of tax rates, but appears in this regulatory burden, which they then have to overcome in order to take advantage of the tax rates. So, yes, income tax rates were relatively low uh, during the Obama administration because ultimately Congress locked in the Bush tax rates for all but the highest bracket, I believe. And but what happened was you had a massive off the, the off the, the ledger tax increase on everybody in the form of Obamacare. You had this massive wet blanket thrown on the economy where now all of a sudden all of these employers are subject to a lot of regulation in terms of documenting whether or not they have actually uh, provided health insurance for their employees. The employees themselves have to purchase health insurance, whether it's through their employer or through an exchange. The expenses on that is very high. You have also a very complicated uh, system of tax rebates that adds additional overhead to the whole thing. So they weren't, I, I don't want to say they were lying, it's not that they were lying, it's that they weren't showing you the whole picture and trying to understand the in, the entire thing, not just Obamacare, but also Dodd-Frank, and then the overhang of the debt and the the other issues that appeared during the, the 2008 panic and, and the financial crisis and all that really weighed on, on the economy for a lot longer than it would have as a result of the fact that when Obama showed up in office, not only were we in a recession, but then instead of attempting to stoke a recovery, he basically threw this asbestos blanket on it and and smothered it. So there you go. And so people, of course, respond to incentives. They either choose not to purchase the health insurance or they don't comply, and they would rather just pay the uh, the fee, the penalty, than have to purchase a, a health insurance policy that they know isn't going to pay off for them. And, you know, these these things are all entirely predictable through the lens of how human beings act rather than how we wish they would.
0: Yep, Incentive based creatures, right? Like, I mean, yes. And that goes right back to what you were saying before about like like what are people going to do in a welfare state? Now, one thing I will say, and this is to to get to some of like most people that are at least somewhat serious about their liberal views understand that those systems are open to abuse, right? Like, it's not hard to see. You don't have to spend much time researching it, or especially if you've lived anywhere near a poor area, to understand that those things are widely abused. I think what happens many times with liberals isn't so much that they don't understand that the systems could be abused, it's that they don't care. It's They say, you know, it's worth it to make sure that those couple of people are taken. right? That's what I always say. You go down, you got 10 people, do you want to help the one person at the expense of getting the other nine to take advantage of the whole system? Because that's what's actually going to happen. And some people say, No, that's not worth it. We can find other ways to help this one person that'll well, be more efficient, something else. Whereas somebody else says, No, no, no. It's better to just shoot it with a shotgun blast and hopefully we take care of some people and who cares if it gets abused as long as we help like one person.
1: But that again, that's that's not taking into consideration all the other possibilities for how that has an effect on the whole right I'm just so saying. i think the that 10 there are people... people who
0: are very aware of it i don't think it's just a oh i didn't realize people would abuse this like that seems I, I know, naive, e- even even, even they
1: lefties. E- even they they are still simplifying the the abuse as being some people get something they don't deserve rather than an overall effect on the economy that actually affects even people who aren't involved in oh, it Oh, of, of course. Of course. And I think why, that's I, I what mean, they're missing in that.
0: I don't think it's what they're missing. I just don't think that they think it's as big of a deal as we do. I think that they... I think it, it's very underplayed in their mind. The The benefit of helping a few people is greatly outweighed by the fact that we might, may or may not be, in their minds at least, Right screwing up the economy or making it actually worse for everybody they just have a hard time seeing that it's it's the eyeball test right like you're looking at people that it's helping it's it's just like anything we have right like the reason we'll never get rid of socialized medicine now that we have it or whatever we have obamacare like the reason (laughs) we'll never go away is because you can always trot out sick little jimmy that's going to be dead tomorrow if he gets rid of obamacare
1: i say that applies more to the immigration argument Um, It It applies to
0: all of their arguments. There's always a poor somebody, and it depends on whether or not you're worried about that particular person and the immediate consequences, or whether you're worried about a larger group of people and helping a large number of people and helping little Jimmy have a better future. So, like, that's the difference in ideology.
1: Which, by the way, which, by the way, brings us to another debate. Um that we've had Um, when it comes to a conservative. So, so Sean, I have two questions for you. Sure. And they're, they're so wildly different and um, complex that you can't possibly answer either of them. Um, And they are as follows. Number one, um, I tend to think of conservatism and libertarianism as being very, very sympathetic. I, I think I I will simultaneously call myself a conservative and a libertarian and I get grief for that on from friends who listen to the podcast and from certain say say anarcho-capitalists that we might argue with elsewhere um, so I want to know if you can tell me what, what your opinion is about the intermarriage of those two different philosophies but then also what is the conservative view On immigration because we've been arguing about that a little bit um on ricochet and and anybody who listens to this podcast who isn't familiar with ricochet is just the um, ricochet where we go and discuss things (laughs) online online community of conservatives um i'm sure that every anyone listening to this already knows what it is but um is there a conservative is there a conservative position on immigration so that because that's what that's that uh, those two questions are semi-related to one another
2: so can you can you restate the first question for me just so i know what i'm hitting here and and then we'll try to tackle these one at a time
1: so the so when we when we talk about um i i i think it um i tend to often think that the or, or at least I apologize, I have a very difficult time articulating all of this. That's but all right. when I'm describe when I'm describing conservatism and when we mm-hmm. did it last week, uh, I want to say we were almost really describing a form of libertarianism because you're talking about you're talking about when you talk about constrained visions or you talk about um, understanding uh, human nature, uh, something that naturally arises from that is the the what I would call the wisdom of masses, and I don't mean mob mentality, so, so there's no wisdom in a mob, but there is wisdom in the masses, and the reason why you have mi- wisdom in the masses is because you have basically individuals solving individual problems in individual ways, and when collected together, when amassed, then you have really great wisdom. That's, that's, how, that's how economic systems are cr- basically end up Being formed—that's how the free market works. That's how you get pricing signals, all that, and it's basically wisdom of masses, which is an aggregation of individual problems being solved. I think of that basically as a a, a libertarian idea, but it—but I think it also underlies, for me, that underlies conservatism too. Conservatism really relies on that.
2: I'm probably going to get in some trouble with some people for saying this, but my vision or how I view this, looking from like the ten thousand foot. Level is that libertarianism is a precinct of conservatism. In in some sense, it's it, you could even say that maybe it is a suburb of conservatism. Um, but they're obviously in this located in the same area. And the difference, in my opinion, between libertarian, like hard libertarians, and conservatives, in the most gross terms, is uh, part part of the the constrained vision and how that is constructed is that societal knowledge is encoded this wisdom of crowds that you were talking about is encoded in our institutions so we have institutions of private association like churches and the Kiwanis and and these other things that give us a a set of guideposts for how we're going to act in the private sphere now libertarians go further than that and sometimes What Where libertarians go is that they will say, well, this isn't necessarily a good thing that we would always defer to these private associations and these uh, institutions with their encoded societal knowledge, uh, because sometimes that can infringe upon people's private rights. So when you talk about, for instance, gay marriage libertarians are going to have a very strong and different opinion from conservatives on that basis or on that particular issue because the conservatives are looking at it through the lens of these uh, venerated institutions like churches and libertarians are looking at it from the perspective of individual liberty. So um, this is why I said that libertarianism is either kind of like nested within conservatism or it's a suburb of conservatism because Conservatives believe many of the same things that libertarians do in that regard uh, about individual liberty, freedom of of association, but they also defer when it comes to these kinds of larger moral and societal issues to the prior restraint that is created by the information encoded in these institutions. does that does that make sense?
1: Yes, I think that makes sense. And um, and I wanted to springboard. I wanted to springboard into the disagreement because with the disagreements that we have over immigration, you find the libertarians, which again is as I, I I will say is kind of a subset of conservatism as well, which would get me in trouble with the same folks um, you find them aligning with the left and and one of the things that I'm commonly arguing well, hold, with hold my on, libertarian let me let friends... me stop
2: you let me let me stop you right there. I don't think they're actually aligning with the left now it's possible to say that they are the the goal or the outcome which they are looking at achieving aligns with the left's goals or outcomes right but they are they have a very different reason for why they're looking at this than the left does libertarians do libertarians are looking at this strictly through the lens of private association and individual liberty and the left in my opinion is looking at this from the perspective of social justice and saying you know it, it we don't have a right you know we we need to lift these people up we need to share the bounty that the nation has created and and so they're and libertarians will say that too but it's kind of a secondary argument they're more concerned about the imposition of private uh, association being damaged you know by the state that's what they're concerned about whereas the left is looking to use the state to essentially import these people for an entirely different set of justifications
1: so I'm sorry go on I think that may yeah, that makes sense, right? Um, but one w- of the arguments that I'm commonly making when it comes to the immigration issue is I I, I place a um, a greater importance on on the idea of culture and the idea that 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 y- you can't you can't fundamentally alter what makes a c- I mean this this whole idea of well you just open it up and allow people to to associate freely the way they wish that that's not going to have an impact on the economy that that's not going to have an impact on the way that the the fundamentals basically structure of the of the place that you're you're kind of altering the culture of a place and i think that that's important um and i and i get and i tend to get disagreement on uh from i I guess you'd I guess you do get disagreement on the left, I guess, from, from that perspective, but I haven't found myself arguing with a lot of people from the left-wing perspective on that issue. I find myself arguing with libertarians on that issue, so, so go into that a little bit.
2: Well, I mean, oddly enough, you, you know, we would probably be closer – You know, this is, this is weird, and, and it, it, it always is a concern when you find yourself doing this, but I found you, we – you and I would probably find ourselves closer to Bernie Sanders on this particular issue than we would to Rand Paul. So that that in and of itself alarms me, and it makes me wonder <laughs> why I should I'm doing alarm that. you. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean that that said, I mean Rand Paul has a variety of issues where it's like, come on, Rand, what really? What are you thinking here? Um, so, you know, no individual. This is part of the, the the distinction between the the liberal and conservative vision. Again, is that the 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 vision of the constrained vision doesn't place its value in individual uh, individual wisdom or articulated rationality of any one person as much as it does in backing institutions, whereas people on the left are more likely to look to a Bernie Sanders and then absorb everything that he has to say. Um, so anyways, I'm, I'm sorry, that wasn't an answer directly to your question. Well, huh.
1: I, I don't know if you i don't know if you um, saw th- there there was i there was some criticism of our podcast from last week for basically having this idea basically preaching this idea that um, that that you you can't know you can't have answers you can't there's all these unforeseen consequences and therefore you can't um, you, you know that's why centralization and planning is bad and all that kind of stuff yet on the other hand. We're in favor of immigration, or we're in favor of controlling drugs, or we're in favor of various other things, and so, and so, how do you respond to that? The accusation of that of that seeming well, contradiction. Well, I mean,
2: uh, we're all statists, obviously, Ryan. That's that's what the answer is, right? I mean, because <laughs> we are not wholly in favor of an anarcho-capitalist or even monarchist state, then we are statists because we have some standards that we insist have to be upheld by the state because we're not, we're not saying, I'm joking about that, by the way, people don't jump all over me. Um, but in all seriousness, the difference is that the part of the, the tragic vision of life is that sometimes you don't get just these great solutions to problems. You have to take what is the least bad choice you, know, you have to choose between bad and worse. And so in our particular case for this situation, what we're saying is in, in the case specifically of drug uh, legalization or drug restriction, there is no good answer to it, in, in my opinion. And I, I think this goes down the line with many conservatives. You, you have certain substances that are sufficiently either addictive or toxic that people use them and they make themselves into essentially zombies. And so if we were to allow people to use them in an unfettered fashion, uh, it, uh, whether or not you believe this, there would be an increase of the use of it at the margin, which would then lead to a marginal increase in uh, the negative externalities that result from that. And, and I think most most libertarians would agree with that statement it's just yeah. that what they're 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 looking at it from the perspective of, well, look at all the negative externalities of using the state to try and stop this from happening. Yes. And and they're right about that. But the problem is we're we're stuck between a rock and a hard place. We we don't have good choices here. It's not, you know, drug legalized and here- utopia and drug restricted dystopia. It, it's somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm.
0: Here's what I say about things like that, though. And this is I don't remember why I got into this with somebody the other day, but this is why this is why you have good principles and why you have good reasons behind your principles. And sometimes what you do in those scenarios is instead of reacting, which is, you know, and and like you said, that goes across the lines. I mean, there's conservatives, there's libertarians. Anybody will has their trigger point, right, where they I mean, there's a reason why society has moved to the left, and we all have, right? You can ask somebody on seatbelt laws, for instance. Great, great example. I know tons of people in the oil field who are incredibly conservative totally believe in seatbelt laws. Oh, you have to have them. Seatbelts save lives. It's like, well, yeah, no, I mean,
1: You have sure. to have seat – oh, that that's a good – Sure,
0: but I mean the the point there is that like – if you're sticking to your principles, you don't, you can't always see the end result of why things work out the way they do. But if you stick to your principles and you have good reasons for your principles, then the outcomes tend to be better than not. What happens when you try and constrain things or like you guys said, go against human nature. Drugs is a perfect example, right? You're uncomfortable going that way. But the fact of the matter is that human nature says people are going to use drugs. And that you trying to stop them from using drugs is only going to have a limited effect and that the negative outcomes of trying to stop those with the state can, maybe not always, maybe it's like recycling and sometimes it's worth it and sometimes it's not. But the fact is that there there are (laughs) negative consequences either way. And so what you have to do is you have to be comfortable with the principles that you stand on. Now, I think it's a lot easier for people to control drugs and stuff if they're extremely religious. They already say, hey, we shouldn't be doing this stuff anyway. And that can override your principles pretty easily because you just believe so strongly that people shouldn't be doing it. But the fact is, human nature is to do drugs. We all – I mean just about everybody – there are almost no entirely sober people in the world caffeine nicotine you know your pain pill that you get through the day everything human beings will take something that changes the way they feel it's what they do
1: <laughs> so let let me let me tie those two things together because i think that's um there's there's a there's an interesting perspective that you're missing and that is um uh, when uh, the, on the latest episode of Law Talk, which if anybody's listening to this podcast and doesn't already listen to Law Talk, you should just turn it off and go listen to Law Talk. This is way better. Um, but on the, on the latest episode of Law Talk, uh, Richard Epstein is talking about something, again, involving uh, – and I think that he was talking about legalization of certain types of drugs. And, and what he discussed was an information problem, Right. A consumer being ill-informed about so so you might take uh, like so we're like, talking about big the...
0: pharma right now right where consumers are uninformed about all the drugs that doctors poke you full of right That's no what you're talking about we're oh really
1: ta- we're talking about any any type okay. of drug any type oh, of drugs okay. right sure so 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 point being you you may you may be misinformed about about you Well know, oh, you may
0: you there's no may you are misinformed.
1: Right, but you you as a consumer, you may be misinformed as of uh, about the uh, the actual long term effect of something, or even the immediate effect of something. Something like something like bath salts that's gonna ha- that could theoretically kill you immediately, versus something like pot that that may have long term negative effects. Um, yeah, or something like Ambien, or something totally like illegal drug that's completely insane. Yep. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So so you get a lot of that kind of stuff. And and that's where you kind of go back to that seatbelt law, which is <clears throat> I, I, I think that actually most conservatives and li- – well, I shouldn't say that. But most libertarians I've talked to and most conservatives I've talked to will say, no, you shouldn't have seatbelt laws because then you're punishing uh, – I think that's changed, man. The idea of punishing people for not doing something that only affects them is ridiculous. You shouldn't have seatbelt laws because However, there's always
0: arguments that it affects other people. You become a projectile, and then. then right, you get, right. Uh, for
1: me, for me, I, I, I could be more on board with something like a regulation that creates industry standards that creates safety standards because I, as a consumer, I, I may be willing when I go buy a car to say, hey, does this particular seatbelt, does, does, does it meet the standards? Some. Uh, that are set for safety regulations and things like that. Like, I don't think that no regulation at all is, is necessarily the best solution. And and so with seatbelt laws, I would say, no, you shouldn't have a law punishing people for not using them, but you, I, I don't really have a problem with something that says a, an auto manufacturer is going to put something that meets this standard in a vehicle. And that's a big gray area. I'm admitting that there's a big gray area there because where do you, I mean, how do you tie that in? The The idea is basically you're going to have people who then take, if you didn't have any of those laws or regulations in place, you're going to have people who then take advantage of that and, and and benefit from the lack of information on the parts of consumers. And yes, we have solutions in the form of, tort law and there are private market solutions or there are, uh, I'm sorry, free market solutions like maybe an organization of auto manufacturers that gets together and say, we're going to we're gonna create these high standards and if you want to buy a car that, that gets it, a stamp it from fun, us. Now you've got free market solutions. You're doing chicken
0: before the egg here. Like, the thing is, the reason that safety stuff has all come in isn't because people suddenly decided to be safe. It's because that's what consumers want. Like, people just in general, like, in general in the world, Safety has become the number one priority in most people's lives. Not so you're, not so you're arguing or, so you're arguing that or anything that was... else, safety. That's number one in most people's lives. How to live a safe life. And, and that's why these things have all come
1: through. And what and the way that, that ends up manifesting itself is by consumers getting together and saying, We need to have regulation yeah. of the auto industry. Not necessarily we need to have criminal laws that punish you for not taking advantage well, of Well, we go there, available. too, right? Because we it's do. all
0: about – I mean, because that's the direction we go. I mean, if it's so important to be safe, why not make a law about it, right? So, so between, Because so what, between, what could come bad from making laws endlessly about things that make you safer? Nothing so, bad could ever come of that.
1: So between you and Sean, um, discuss that a little bit because I tend to think of that as <clears throat> one of the arguments that you always get from the extreme – free market crowd is we'll come up with solutions for that right the the market will consumers will come up with solutions for that and then terry what you're saying is something that i've said in the past which is yeah and one of the solutions that they come up with is making a law about it right yeah. how do you respond to well, that I, sean
2: so where where i go with this is that you hear libertarians frequently say that we don't need these laws and i'll, I'll use for instance helmet laws for motorcyclists. And in my opinion, the, the punishment for not wearing a helmet when you're riding a motorcycle is severe enough that you don't actually need a law uh, to enforce it. Because if you're dumb enough to ride a motorcycle and not wear a helmet, when you eventually lay that sucker down, you're probably gonna go splat across the pavement and that's gonna be the end of you. Now, the argument of course, is that you know if you force people to proactively wear the helmet, you know, they may not end up being a ward of the state or something like that. But I think there's a there's a, a more interesting aspect to this, which is these laws are not necessarily or shouldn't necessarily be aimed at adults who are acting with their own volition, so much as they should be aimed at people who are, are incapable of giving consent to take that kind of risk with their lives. And, and by that, I specifically mean children's. So we have laws regarding uh, that children have to be in a car seat. Well, I don't think anybody, even libertarians, it, are going to argue that these laws are a bad idea because your child can't grant informed consent to climb around the car as you're traveling down the highway at 80 miles an hour and then are struck by a vehicle and everybody is ejected from the car. Well, you know, if you have the choice of being uh, restrained or not in that situation, Rational people are probably going to choose to be restrained. Well, children are not rational and can't provide that kind of consent. So you have to act literally in loco parentis and choose to do it for them. So that that's kind of where I'm at with that is these are the kind of laws that should be they should be enforced in the sense that it's kind of a secondary offense. It's not a primary offense. If a cop sees you driving down the road and you're following every other conceivable yeah. traffic law, but you're not strapped in they shouldn't be able to pull you over if they see you with your kid in the back and your kid is not strapped in they should pull you over so that's that's kind of the line that i draw
0: i think that i mean i think that's reasonable but i also think it's just unrealistic like there's just the fact is that you've already gone so far at that point that they taking the one extra little step to say yeah it's just a primary offense no big deal like we all think it right just just make the law That's the thing, right? That's the problem when you erode these and you try and have half measures on this stuff. It's just like anything, right? People always slippery slope, you know? And it is. Because that's the direction people want to go. Because
2: But what about the kids, Terry?
0: Exactly. Exactly. What about the poor kids? And that's just it, right? Like, the fact is, and that's why we can't move back to where we've come from. Because priorities in society as a whole, even global society, have begun to change and safety is the most important thing. People don't even think about putting their kids in a car seat. Man, none of us grew up in a car seat. I can't, I can't even remember sitting in a car seat. Like, none of us did. It wasn't even a thing. Now, people will, like, fight you if you don't put your kid in a car seat. Like, random strangers. Like, that's how much we've shifted in 30 years. Like, we're not going back. Because to go back, you have to you have to care more about people. Oh, I wouldn't tell that person how to parent their child. No, none of us think that anymore. Everybody thinks, oh, man, that person is crazy. They're not buckling in their kid. That is super it's dangerous. Arguable.
2: It's, it's arguable child. that that's, a, that's a, a natural consequence of a free society where you have people acting within the sphere of some form of private association and using social pressure to get you to behave in a certain way, which is right. what libertarians are all about anyways.
0: Right no and and things go that way but that's my point is that the shift has already happened we can talk all day long till we're blue in the face about taking away seatbelt laws but it'll never happen because everybody wants to wear seatbelts now you can't get rid of something that everybody already thinks it'd be like trying to throw out car seat laws it's just it's laughable it will never ever happen here's
1: here's a good here's a question for you guys um in the state of washington my wife just told me this i didn't know but she read about it um the governor, no, it, I, I don't think this law has passed, but it's been proposed. I think maybe maybe it did pass. I think it. Anyway, regardless, I believe that there's a law that has been passed in Washington that um, allows people to voluntarily relinquish their gun rights. So you can sign yourself up for this program. That makes it illegal for you to buy a gun. And uh, where, what, do, how do you guys react to that? What do you think on the scale of that being a step in the direction of taking away people's rights to own guns? Kind of like the the medical reasons. If you're a threat, to, this is this is you voluntarily. Basically, um, it's not like it's not like putting yourself in a seatbelt. It's kind of more like like because I don't know if it's reversible.
2: <laughs>
0: Lobotomizing yourself? Yeah. Right. I
1: mean,
2: the fa- is, the fa- how do you guys react to that? Insanity. This is a combination of virtue signaling and gun buyback program, yep. which is it's entirely useless nobody who is a a conceivably a threat will ever sign up for this and even if they did they would still break the law and it's just an opportunity for people who are urban hipsters to go in and say i'm relinquishing my gun rights because guns are evil and stupid and anybody who wants one is wrong (laughs) and bad oh
0: yeah no that's exactly what it is and and the fact the the idea again this is the direction that things are going And that's just it, Uh, right? It starts out this way, at least for not for everybody. Okay, this is definitely a divisive one in the country, but the general flow right now is against guns. Now, there are plenty of us who are who are holdouts. And I don't think and that's one of the things that I think is one of the biggest fundamental misunderstandings of the left is they don't understand how seriously people in this country take their gun rights. I don't think that I really don't think they understand like that people are this isn't some passing thing. This isn't something where they're going to cave us over time. Like there are flat out people in this country where you will have to kill them to take their guns. And that's one of those things where I don't think the left is willing to do that yet. And they haven't made friends of the police or the military force, which they have to do in order to enforce these things. So I'm not too worried about that yet but it is a sign of the general flow of things.
2: I'm not sure what we what to make of of that. I mean, it the the issue I think with the left is that they think that this notion of articulated rationality just ought to overwhelm all of these other Arguments that people on the right make, particularly about guns, they'll present you with a a variety of arguments. Well, you know, you're guaranteed or you're not guaranteed, but you're, you know, X percent more likely to be injured by the gun. If you have the gun, than you are to defend yourself from a crime. And, you you know, you're you're this much more likely to to do this or that. And they're missing the whole point Mm -hmm. that that same exact argument holds for a variety of other mundane or commonplace things like cars or swimming pools.
1: You know the Bath number tubs. of people who are
2: drowned. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the number of people sure. who died just, in bathtubs every year it, is, it is absurd. It just doesn't get through, though. Like, well, so right. the,
1: so the the rationalization for this law, by the way, was, um, I, it the, the rationalization is that you're targeting, um, people who are depressed or suicidal, who, are therefore taking away their their own. Impulsiveness. Now, of course, what I said to my wife when she read that to me was, That's insanely stupid. If you want to do that, you can get rid of your gun. Like, and, and you can't you don't have to have the government do it. You can say, you can say, I'm going to not own a firearm because I know that I might be suicidal, and the act of going down to the store to buy a gun to kill myself. In that amount of time, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to not kill myself, right? As if you wouldn't then just walk into your garage and start your car. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so it's supposedly a suicide prevention thing. It doesn't even, on the face of it, make any sense. I tend to think that it's basically, like you said, get all the hipsters to voluntarily yep. relinquish their gun rights, and then they're going to say, pressure, "Well, now right? we're going to now we're going to pr- now we're going to expand the law to say, yes. You're, like, I, like I honestly think that someone's really envisioning taking small bites at the apple and thinking okay now we've got of that course. on the books we can expand it a little bit and expand it a little bit and expand it a little bit and then pretty soon we're gonna be australia
0: yes 100 anything to do, get your foot in the door there's no doubt that that's what it is i mean uh, somebody one of our friends one of our personal friends ryan actually just made this point to me the other day because i was saying the same thing to him he said well I, I think a little bit of gun stuff would be okay and i was like no he said, but isn't that the same argument that we make about abortion that, you know, just because we want to outlaw partial birth abortion, you know, we're and I said, no, we want it all. I was, like, I'd be on the that's whole the thing. thing. <laughs> that's, and that's just it. It's exactly. Yeah. And that's what I told him. I said, it's exactly the same as abortion. Uh, anybody who's conservative or pro- pro-life or anything else that is a, totally against abortion, that's one of their number one issues. That's exactly how they feel about it. They want to. They want one bite at a time. Whatever you can get, get your foot in the door. Get the partial birth. Get the day up. Whatever you got to get, right? Because at the end of the day, the we feel like is it's all wrong.
1: elimination, right?
0: Yeah. So you're you're trying to do. It. I said, yeah. Think of it exactly the same way. We are just like them on this issue.
2: I've long argued that incrementalism is a. It's a reasonable thing for people on the right to do, and and it's what the left have done for generations and look where it's gotten them. They've had some pretty stunning uh, sort of policy victories. But at the same time, I I just think that this this particular issue, this virtue signaling, giving up of your gun rights law, it's not going to go anywhere. It's neither, I don't even think it's a justiciable question for a court to look at in terms of the Second Amendment because people are doing it voluntarily and they can do it as you said voluntarily anyways okay. by simply not buying a gun
0: yeah you could but go down they're... and put yourself on the local you could go down to your local gun shops if you can't leave town and you could tell them hey man if i ever come in here crazy as a loon looking to buy a gun do not sell me a gun and those can you do that can you tie yourself you
1: to the mast like that when you're going by well, the uh, uh, sirens could. of
0: course you could
1: there's I, no I, I reason know you
0: couldn't do that ahead of time if you're feeling this extra spurt of rationality, right? <laughs> and you know that later on you're the not
1: Moment going of to be. clarity,
0: <laughs> right? No, and there's people, there flat out are people who are that bipolar. Like, yeah, you can you can already set yourself up to where that's not a thing for you.
1: Hmm, I didn't. I I actually wasn't aware of that, and basically that's what this law is. It's I mean, people doing... that
0: have a shop have. they—they they, Especially gun shop people, they don't have to sell you anything. If you right. come in crazy as a loon and they just, like, no, I'm not selling you a gun, dude. You know, now but you But what might if be able it's a wedding
2: them. gun, Terry? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on if
0: it's a straight wedding or not. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no,
2: no. That's a polyamorous one. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Thank God.
2: Yeah, when's that coming down, down gun, the pipe? The wedding party?
0: To get down to more serious matters, when is. When is polygamy going to become legal? I don't really understand, uh, you know, the left's position on that. Will, will like you be, or have...
1: would any of us be a beneficiary of that if if it did become legal? It, it, well, no.
0: The real question is: Is there such a thing as a beneficiary from that? Because <laughs> I would argue, if you read the writings of uh, Brigham Young, he'll tell you that there are no beneficiaries of that.
1: <laughs> I I I actually I just told two very nice young ladies at my door. Last night that I did not wish to read the writings of Brigham Young. <laughs>
2: Chuck again, um, they just keep on showing up at your house. Yeah, you must I be don't doing know. something to invite them over.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know. They just see. Maybe it's the neighborhood.
2: I don't know. Um, you seem like a, a possible convert to being one of the saints. Do I?
1: maybe Uh, no maybe no i'm I'm
2: just i'm gigging you (laughs) this is where i I tell
1: this is where i tell heather like i i say yeah so the missionaries came to my door the other day and i and i give her my um what really goes through my head i say that to her and then she looks at me like oh my did you say that to them no i didn't say that to them they were very nice young ladies this is what i really said and she says you said that to them (laughs) oh okay well i thought i was being all right never mind um hey getting back into politics guys one more thing one last relevant so that so that uh so that poor mike doesn't think that we just spent the whole <laughs> the whole podcast arguing with him in abstentia um but actually i do think those inter those those uh topics are interesting and our, i mean mike's our, welcome to come on the podcast our anarcho yeah he's asked a couple of times and i say and i say yeah totally dude we're getting together at the bowling alley uh tomorrow uh six no 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 i don't do that actually that would be fun it would be fun to do uh to try the anarcho-capitalist argument i i don't know that i i don't know i have a lot of sympathies anarcho-capitalist i I know you do that's (laughs) why um so anyway uh, i might be an
0: anarcho-capitalist it's quite possible i haven't actually looked into it that hard
1: you're not you sure i'm pretty sure you're not Based what, on about everything me, said, based what about on everything me? What about me? Wouldn't be, wouldn't jive wait, with the narco capitalists. First, before we get into that, tariffs. <laughs> we,
2: must must we do this?
1: Well, oh lord! I, I feel like we kind of have to a little bit because it's, I, I it, found myself. It, do we even I found need myself to, though? Particularly, particularly of late, I found myself becoming anti-anti enough. The, okay, what two podcasts ago or three podcasts ago we were recording, we were talking about Trump, and and we were kind of saying, hey, everybody, just chill out. He hasn't done all the stuff that we were worried about him doing. He's actually done pretty. And then this week comes along. Sure. So yeah, where are he, we? He now? did
0: something we always expected him to do that we hate.
1: And it's like, <laughs> oh well, I knew I, I knew there was some stuff about him I was going to hate. I never liked the guy to begin with. So the virtue of low expectations is that what you're telling me, Sean? Is that your position too? <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, this this is the one thing that Trump has been basically consistent about his entire public life. There's never been a time when Donald Trump hasn't said that he wanted to have terrorists. And so anybody who says that they're surprised by this is either not paying attention or they're lying. And, you know, I I hate it. I hate that this is happening. I just hope that
1: it
2: might not. I hoped that it might not happen. Trump giveth with one hand uh, with yeah. the destruction of all of these. I don't want to go there.
1: Uh, yep. Of all of the,
2: these regulations and was and the that tax in the Stormy Daniels of,
1: report? I don't know the giveth with one hand thing. That's
2: not. That's not what she said. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, but then he, right. he taketh away with the other hand, oh, and, and yeah. who knows how how badly that other hand hath taken away?
0: Uh, so you know it's th- it's still happening, right? And like and one thing I will say about Trump, and this is not in defense of tariffs because I think it's awful, and his anything with guns, obviously, I always knew he was going to be a, a softy on that crap, and I totally disagree. But one thing I will say about him is, if you if you're pissing off everybody equally, you're probably doing your job as president.
1: <laughs> so like
0: at least in that sense like just as a general broad stupid thing to say I would say that at least the fact that he's kind of crapping on everybody we can all be miserable together sort of or at least happy about some things sort
1: of so maybe he's that is that, the job of the president He's got that um did did any I I don't fall I don't watch movies or follow movies or anything like that but I but I I I read a tweet from Macaulay Culkin and he said, and he oh, said, Lord, he's alive. I don't, apparently, I don't know, but I, I don't know where I saw this tweet. Who did one of you guys show me this? Someone showed me this tweet. <laughs> I it, have never showed you a It tweet wasn't me.
2: Before. I don't follow the, <laughs> right. the Michael well, Jackson rehab crowd.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the deal was with this. Um, I don't know what the, so the, so anyway, the this is a long, long, long way of getting at a stupid point he 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 no he a tweet at the oscars and he said and he cool. said this movie is a lie water takes the shape of whatever vessel it happens to be and there's no shape of water um <laughs> and i thought that actually to me that kind of describes the one group of people that trump is not crapping on and that's his shape of water crowd that's <laughs> like he's anti tariffs we're anti tariffs he's pro tariffs we're pro tariffs you know what i mean so there is there is a small Hannity segment of the population. oh yeah people that
0: just trust the <laughs> guy right he just he's a genius we don't know why but by God we'll follow him to the ends of the earth you know what it's a simple way to be it's a nice way to be probably feels good to be in that crowd because then you feel like the smartest person in the room at any
1: one time so good for you <laughs> I I had said I that I actually the last time we podcasted I was I was in my head if you asked me if i thought that trump would win the next election i thought it's very likely that he could unless there's some kind of that that that, right this because that can have such a negative impact on i i i felt like what what happened with trump um was and and both either of you correct me if you think i'm wrong about this I think that if we had our primary system uh, such that all states voted at the same time, I think that Trump might have come in fourteenth or fifteenth in that crowd. I um, no, honestly,
2: I, I, honest- at all. I honestly no. have
0: no idea, man. I completely misread that political landscape, right? And I would refer was, this question to Doc <clears throat> J because he's the smartest
2: I,
1: person I know. I I think I think that if if every state voted in the primaries on the same day, it would have been totally different. Yeah, because what you had know, was man. you had you had like you plan. had that pro you had that midwestern southern southern midwestern uh, pro tariff auto industry or whatever it is steel industry that's not even southern, people man. that's no like, I said southern Northern. midwestern I that's like saying southern Montana right <laughs> yeah. uh, it that group of people who is really into all this trade war crap. You had that group of people, I. So, am I wrong? Is that actually a larger minority of people than we think it is? Because my suspicion is I think that we know that is how not, big not of a enough minority. Is They've there's won not, won enough, in the people there's not
2: right. enough people to impress? That's right. The exact people that he's sucking up to with this particular yeah. action like are, the are the, those counties in Michigan, Pennsylvania? Oh,
0: like all these states yep. that he carried, that the left was just apoplectic that he carried them. These are the people in those states that voted, right? And that's like, not it, and that's it,
1: not going to win you another election unless you think again that every other conservative is just going to go along with it. One I more think
0: time. that I think people are willing to hold their nose for some of the stuff that they've gotten. You're darn right. I don't think that they're going to try and field another. I mean, it, 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 political landscape currently, right? We got a lot of time to go. Currently. You're running Donald Trump again 100%. You're backing him harder than you did before. And honestly, you're probably likely, if he wants one, to have a second term, unless we don't know who the Democrats turn out, right? If the Democrats turn out Elizabeth Warren, (laughs) welcome to four more years of Trump. If they turn out like somebody that we don't see yet, another like dark horse candidate like Obama. Well, the kid who just won. We don't know.
1: What was was that, Sean? The Connor, what's his face?
2: Oh. Basically, the uh, the conservative Republican running as a Democrat over there in uh, uh, I can't remember his name now. You, you put me on the spot. Of course, I would I should have read up. But <laughs> Where did no, he run? I, I know who you're. I know who you're talking it, about. It was the guy that just won the the open the open seat in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and he I want to say he was like a former Navy SEAL or something as well. I mean, this is yeah. a guy who would be you know coming right off of the recruitment sheet for the Republican Party in any other situation. Much but, like Donald Trump
1: yeah, would
0: have uh, been for the. Democratic party put a guy like put a guy like other other
1: that situations. put a guy like that in and and uh, and they yeah I mean out.
0: like there's there's plenty of things that couldn't happen but the 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 Democrats are gonna have to find somebody right because they can't run the same people they've been running like it just it isn't the Dem- going the to Democrats
2: work. the Democrats are gonna be in the same position in 2020 that Republicans found themselves in in 2012 which yes. is that you're facing again you're, you're facing off against a guy with lamb, powers of, of incumbency. Right. I think that many Who's of the more credible it. Democrats are going to save their powder for 2024, unless it just appears to be that Trump is so incredibly weak. Let's say that things go catastrophically bad this fall and the Democrats. Oh, lots of things go bad,
0: right? The North Korea situation could go tits up and ruin everything.
2: <laughs> right. I mean, there's all kinds of things where tits if, if this the election the goes, goes, goes bad this fall, Trump is going to look very weak. And that's when that exact mm-hmm. situation with North Korea, I think, could rear its head, and yeah. various other things. And so, of course, the chaos that goes on in the Trump administration is going to play a big role, in my opinion, of how or who the uh, the Democrat candidate ends up being and how strong they are.
0: But they, you know, they're going to have to read that situation right, like you said. If they come up with somebody that, like, we're not expecting to see somebody that's like. An extremely reasonable person, maybe not a hundred years old and decrepit and you know, we're all we all know as part of the Illuminati. Like if they can come up with somebody like that, like maybe they, they probably have a pretty good chance. But if they field another like Hillary Clinton type old guard person, like they'll get slaughtered just like they did.
2: So so basically you want them to nominate Killmonger?
1: I think <laughs> If they did actually, then maybe they would get more of those votes. Actually, I, Terry might vote for Killmonger.
0: No, they. I don't know who that is. <laughs> but...
2: he, he was He's... the villain in Black Panther.
0: Oh yeah, I would never watch that. So no big
1: deal <laughs> I've seen the cartoons. I've, I've never. Oh, I, I did okay. not watch the movie. <laughs>
0: the bad guy's name is Killmonger.
2: His his name is well. I mean, it's an, an assumed or a, a nom to guerre. But yes, his name is Killmonger.
0: Oh.
1: That's they went really the subtlety route. route. Yeah, they Who went subtlety <laughs> subtlety on this one. That's
0: great. I, I, I mean, just name him Killface, right? Like that's, that's a bit catchier. Good old Kill face, He kills people, mostly in their face. This
2: is how you know he's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, well it, it was very subtle, actually. <laughs>
1: for one of those movies. But
0: yeah, I just I about I but I really can't get it up for uh for superhero movies anymore.
1: Oh, I Just haven't watched. I have not watched one in years, years and years and years. They used to You're be really
0: not missing anything.
1: What were the, some of the very early ones that came out? They were they were they, novel, they were and you watched them. No, early, early, and you. Oh yeah, no, the they were like really bad, were but they.
0: Good. Nobody at the time, everybody was like, "Oh, this, you know, this is kind of cool. These aren't the worst thing we've ever seen."
1: Like, no, the pre-
2: uh, well, what are Batman what are we begins, talking? I are are we talking? Bat-
0: no, we're not talking about early Spider Man, early Batman, right? Like early two thousands, I'm saying, right? Because that's when it first started. Not the
2: Michael Keaton we're, we're not talking about, you know, the original Batman with uh with Adam Michael Keaton West? as Batman. Oh, West. West. no, no, no. Okay. Yeah no, yeah, no, that was a good movie. No, no the
1: the, the first, movie. so the first movie I hated. Su- I never liked any of those super that Superman garbage. But the first Batman Begins movie, I watched. and I thought this is a really good movie. I, I enjoy this thing, and then I and then I watched the Superman. I think there was a Superman follow up, and then I thought eh eh uh-uh, eh, uh-uh. and I didn't like the X Men movies. And then it, and then it just exploded, and I don't think I catch, caught any of them. I I, th- I don't. But that first Batman movie I thought was pretty good.
2: I think going back and watching the original Iron Man would probably change your mind about that. Because Robert Downey Jr.'s performance in that is, he, he just inhabits the role of Tony Stark. Oh, He's yeah. just an arrogant jerk. He pretty, and, no, I, um, he, I did like that it, movie it's too. due
0: to Robert Downey um. Jr. that like I think he had a lot to do with the surge in popularity of comic book movies.
2: Because right. He did if, if there's no Robert Downey Jr. Him. as Iron Man, there there is absolutely no Marvel resurgence. There's I think no that Avengers. That, there's none of this stuff.
0: If there is, it's not where it is today, right? Like absolutely. I think yeah. I, 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 I think that's fair. To, I think that. that's fair to say. Yeah. I think that's fair to say.
1: I I'll, I'll agree with you on that. The the Marvel or the Iron and and that that first Iron Man movie was good. I didn't watch any of the other ones, but I did I did enjoy that first one too.
0: Yeah. No. I mean, it's hard not to. He was just such a funny dick (laughs) he was great but i mean robert Downey jr like uh, if you if you ever followed him i mean he's always been capable of really good things unfortunately he's a little overplayed now and they've really taken the tony stark character being a huge douchebag and and really like brought it back where it's like man i liked it better when i liked it Right, like, they made him. In, they made to... him
1: like a social justice type guy. No, well, he is. They?
0: No, he always was in the comic books. Too. Oh, it's was totally he? Fun. Oh, I oh, didn't yeah. know that. No, he was a. He was a. Uh, what do you call it he's a classic li- uh, not a classic liberal uh, like a liberal like we know him now in the comic books where he always wanted governmental control and people shouldn't be allowed to do their own things and stuff he was always on the opposite side Captain America he the just guy wanted himself who was, like, to be
1: exempt from it right? who,
0: who actually followed like American ideals of freedom
1: and individualism and liberty and stuff like that I do remember the um, what was the uh, truth justice in the American way what was that from was that S- Super- uh, who
2: was Superman? That? Was it Superman who that Superman? A Superman's that? motto. And I mm-hmm. didn't. And
1: I, and and they've just completely scrubbed that. I noticed that. And I noticed that in a in I was watching some. The new DCs
0: some, are just awful. Though.
1: I was watching some cartoons with my kids, and I and I just I thought it, it was like the Lego Batman or whatever, and and that was when I thought about that. It used to be the truth, justice in America, that kind of thing, and and now everything in these cartoons, and I get they're playing to a global audience, so I get it. It's not idealistic ideology necessarily, but everything is like um, we're gonna do such and such with the World Court, the World Court, the UN, the everything is the planet, <laughs> like as as a whole. And I thought that was kind. Of, I I think that is a little interesting. It's interesting to have. To think about that—that's what your kids are exposed to now. Versus now, you don't know
0: Captain Planet. Well, it Cap- said it in the name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, and in the 4,
0: We are the, the generation. <laughs> we are the generation who was raised with that crap getting shoved down our throats. Like we're the direct product of that—the millennial now, generation. I, and, that's and us. For,
1: and for me now, I'm a parent, and I see it in a in a in a different kind of light i guess i i know we were
0: we were the original generation of getting that crap shoved down our throat (laughs) because they had so many different avenues to feed it to us right mostly movies and tv but then later on we also were the first generation we didn't grow up with the internet but we were the first generation to hit hammer at heart and they got us
1: there too and it's yeah older older we're the slightly younger because you didn't did you have just just quick question and then we have to wrap it up but um, and and uh, and Sean, you're a little older than Terry and I, right? By like a year or two. Uh, yeah. Did you I'm, have?
2: I just turned thirty-nine yesterday. Oh
1: god. Oh right. Okay. So. Are you okay?
2: I, I'm I'm surviving. <laughs> yeah.
0: You did you get finger in the bum yet?
2: <laughs> no, that that's only when you're fifty.
0: Yeah, they Has say that, buddy. Has your doctor been lying to you again? I'd get in there. I, I get I'm in thirty-six. There get that finger
1: in the bum, dude. I'm thirty-six. Never I've had early. the prostate exam. <laughs> Exam. You guys are Terry I think It you...
2: sounds to me like Your your guys doctors Have some fishy stuff Going on <laughs> I
0: think
1: you better Get in there earlier
2: <laughs> Oh
0: uh, no I'm dying of a heart attack I I don't have any plans Of dying of prostate cancer Did you guys have
1: internet When you were in high school I did not have the internet yes, When I was had, in high school
2: Yes you did oh, You yes. went no, to high we school had, We had prodigy. We
1: had
0: the internet In high school
1: It existed I didn't ask we if it had existed had it in high did school Did you have it We in didn't your have house? it In our
0: homes No
1: Right. Not yeah. No. no like we I had it at senior, high school. I think we had it because I don't. We never had it in our house when I was in. I. I would. We did when when I was sure, in college.
0: Sure, but you had it at school. Like you were. Oh, yeah. Aware, yeah. Oh, yeah. It existed
1: and... for sure. For sure.
0: Yeah. Of course. It was course. just a
1: much. It was totally different, different. The
0: internet was a much different place back then.
1: Right. Right. Um, like you would have to. you You'd have to. You'd have to be very specific in your language on 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 the search engine in order for porn to come up. Whereas now I type in, you know, Sean come on, Buell, and all of a sudden come on, I man. get all this crazy
2: stuff. Well, you can't even <laughs> type in the president's name and have that not happen. So, <laughs> yeah. why am I special well,
1: any, anymore? I guess that's true. That's that's the problem with uh, with everything. Okay. Hey, uh, Sean, thanks for coming on and talking to us. We no could problem. stretch it into two no hours problem. very easily, but then we start getting complaints from our listener.
0: You can just come back.
2: Hello? so feel I free think to come back there's, there's other questions that we started out with that i kind of wanted to tackle at some point so i think we can wheel those out at some point too so
1: well it, we had initially envisioned you and tom together doing this basic um conservatism but it was a scheduling issue and so let's do it let's just do it absolutely Terry, terry's going to be gone again for another three months and then after that's over we'll be able to do another podcast and uh but good talk
2: Absolutely. See you guys later.